From Quoted Studios and executive producer David Gerlach, this is Blank on Blank, distributed by PRX, the public radio exchange. I'm Amy Drozdowska. Computers had their start as a way to turn over the tedium of complicated, repetitive mathematical calculations to someone else, the sort of um, women's work of mathematics. And in fact, women were often the ones doing the grunt work in the days developing the first computers and the code writing that would become computer software. They just didn't tend to get the credit. I had a lot of figure work, I mean, really a whole lot, and to write figures neatly. You didn't want sevens mixed up with one. As a young woman in 1950s Britain with a talent for math, Stephanie Shirley found herself in the ever-evolving field of information technology, building computers and writing code, working in places where the world's first programmable electronic computer was invented. Exciting stuff. But at work, she found she was often the only woman in the room. When I first walked in there, about 200, you know, handsome, intelligent men turned round and looked at this new female that had sort of turned up. It was almost scary to go into a big place like that. Not quite 100%, but 99% men. And this had its limitations. So she decided to strike out on her own. And by doing so, she came up with a whole new way to work in the computing industry, a way that allowed women to thrive. As part of our special series, The Experimenters, uncovering interviews with the icons of science, technology, and innovation, we found this interview with British IT pioneer and businesswoman Stephanie Shirley. It's in the British Library's collection of oral histories. She explains how from the start, her home-based computer software company was uniquely women-friendly. Here's the tape. We started in 62, at the end of January in 64, we had a tiny mention in the Guardian newspaper, this extraordinary woman, Steve Shirley, writing computer programs in between feeding her baby and washing the nappies. And that was really the sort of phraseology that was used. And that brought in a flood of women who had computer skills and liked the idea of working from home. Not particularly bossy, I had this sort of, I was vulnerable, but a high flyer, self-willed, undisciplined. I was a beauty, an odd, not not so much an oddball, a one-off, one-off. Nobody else quite liked me. My sister and I were put on a kinder transport, one of ten trains leaving Germany and Austria. It was a thousand children up to the ages of 16, and came to England with a very traumatic journey without nationality, because Hitler had taken nationality away. Now, you're classed as Jewish, I think, if you're up to one sixteenth Jewish. We had no money because all the money had been removed from us, and we had only what we could carry at the time. And, and the feeling that my life was saved, and for a lot of my childhood I was kept being reminded that my life had been saved. Aren't you lucky not to have gone up in smoke and all that sort of thing? Has made me really convinced I have to make my life worth saving. And each day you spend as if it would be your last. Uh, allowed me to cope with change and then eventually welcome change. And now I really like innovation. And that has, I think, come out in the fact that I've always worked in some aspect of research and done new things. 
my father, who was very upright, very correct, taught me ethics, what is right and what is wrong. We were out on some walk in the Vienna woods or something, and there was a little beetle or something. This five-year-old, I stamped on it, and he hit the roof. What did I think I was doing? How would I feel if a great big foot came down and squashed me and so on? It sort of started a sort of understanding of, it is ethics is the only word, and since then I have been committed to ethics in computing, ethics in autism, and I realised, yes, that is a stream of my life and is one of the ways as a scientist where I have made a little bit of difference. I did find the computer industry so, so fascinating. It has some of the beauty of mathematics. It has a lot of logic in it, a sort of puzzle element to it, made for a very fulfilling life, really. You realise that you had actually created something. There were not books about software in those days. There were no programming manuals. You were presented with a fairly undocumented machines so of bootstrapping some stuff in. You know, if you like programming, it's marvellous. If you don't like it, it's just one of those sort of mysteries in life. I registered the name Freelance Programmers and aimed to build up some sort of little company. I certainly had no idea it was going to be as big as or as important as it was. We pioneered homeworking, job sharing, sort of flexible working, and that was just on the non-technical side. We were just at the beginning of the software industry. Nobody else was really out there. We were competing against computer companies who didn't know much about software. And neither did I really, because how long had I been working in software? A few years. The phone was pretty well how business was done. And I did quite a lot to disguise from the outside world the fact that this was a homeworking organisation. Sometimes, of course, there would be very domestic noises going on in the background. And so I took a tape recording. I recorded sort of office-type noises. So whenever the phone went, I would put this on the background. So I got this busy office buzz behind me. And now I really sort of think how very naive, but it wasn't naive, it actually got us going. I felt I wasn't really getting any responses from the letters that I was sending out offering services. My husband actually suggested that perhaps it was good old-fashioned sexism. They saw a letter from Stephanie Shirley and just went in the bin. So I started writing as Steve Shirley and the work did start slowly to flow in. And I've been Steve ever since. I've really moved towards trying to have some understanding of where the technology can impact life as distinct from what the technology is. The sort of social aspects of computing, computing in the field of disability, computers in the art, computer conservation, and that theme has carried through. One of the comments I'd make about science is that everything takes a lot longer than people believe, much, much longer. There's more time spent on dead ends, the achievements come later. 
it just takes ages. I mean, I was responsible for doing the first outsourcing to India, outsourcing of software development. And that took me 20 years, or it took us 20 years, not me. I was writing papers about it in 1976, and it actually happened in 1996. 20 years. You know, and you sort of think, oh, we have this brilliant flash of, we can do it. What I think I know about creativity is this business of keeping fresh and not burning yourself out, going over and over and over again, something you're doing and you can't see your way out of this. It's something that comes from a painting or a piece of music or a friend. Very often I think it's a parallel. You suddenly see the parallel between medical research into the causes of autism with research into atomic energy. The lessons that you learn from one transfer into the others and the contacts that you've got from one sector allow you to go and pick other people's brains. We do stimulate each other. The act of creation is quite, um, I think it's a mystery. During the difficult times in the business, rocking in my chair with the worry about how to get out of the current mess or whatever it was. I was strengthened by the idea that I was a survivor, there was a solution, and it was up to me to find it. I think my only big project really is that I have survived as a whole individual and feel I have made my life worth saving, and I'm very content with that. Stephanie Shirley, IT pioneer, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, talking with Dr. Thomas Lean. This interview comes to us from the British Library Oral History Collections, part of the National Life Stories Oral History of British Science Project. This episode is part of our science and innovation series, The Experimenters. Thanks to Squarespace for their support. Support for this series also comes from the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More information on Sloan at sloan.org. You can watch the animated version of this episode on our website, blankonblank.org. David Gerlach is the executive producer of Blank on Blank. This episode was produced by me, Amy Drozdowska, along with David, and with help from Jesse Wright Mendoza. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and learn just what we're uncovering lately in the archives. Before we go, you may be wondering if Steve Shirley ever welcomed men to work for her business. We started to employ the men after 1975 if they were good enough. And that gets a roar of laughter if I'm talking to a woman's group. The business of women being the first this and the first that means that really you are motivated to do something as well as you possibly can. Because if you fail, you fail for all women. And they say, oh, we tried one of those and she was awful. Ugh. Yeah. Sexism is, is um, not quite as 
about as anti-Semitism, but it's pretty tough. Mm -hmm.